you're tired of the standard business and marketing fundamentals, frameworks, and funnels, <laughs> you need a little mischief. Get ready to turn up the volume on the CEO Mischief Maker podcast, where you access conversations with seasoned business owners who have smashed through mindset barriers, innovated the standard boring business and marketing playbooks, and executed future-paced strategies with bleeding-edge tools and tactics to micro-fail their way into massive success and growth. We are Mindset Impact Strategic Catalysts, helping innovative entrepreneurs focus. We are CEO Mischief Makers. Ready to make a little mischief? Hey, hey, CEO Mischief Makers, welcome to Friday, my favorite day, because now we get to take all the stuff we talked about on Monday and Wednesday and distill it down to, all right, what are you going to do next? And I think Deanna's got a great idea for you because most of you are probably in a consulting or coaching or agency role. That's the majority of the people I talk to because that's kind of what I've done over the last five or so years. And let's see how we can start thinking about this whole SaaS model. So Deanna, strategy and tactics. What kind of strategy can, let's say, consultants and agency owners use to be able to get themselves ready for and then actually benefit from this new no-code SaaS tool? Right. So I would address this from two perspectives. Number one, let's say you're, you're a coach or you, you have a consulting business and uh, you want to automate some of your lead generation or outreach activities. So if you hire someone to build something custom for you, you need to be always aware that this is going to be more expensive in the first place. And second, it's not going to be very, it's not going to be maintainable or much maintainable. Now, there are many situations where this may make sense, but I think it's important to understand if you subscribe for SaaS, the good part of it, it's a product that's going to be always be coming better and better and better. So whereas if you get, you know, let's say a certain automation workflow built for you by someone else, this is going to stay the same. And in fact, if something, you know, things change and something gets broken. Also, again, you will have difficulties getting it fixed. Now, if you subscribe for something that's maintained by someone, this sort of changes the rules of that game. So this is the first thing I want to say. This is the first perspective of it. And even I, so I could create probably as many workflows as I want, but even I am not opposed to the idea of subscribing to some of the taskboards on the marketplace not because I cannot build them. This is actually, this is, you know, the software I built, I would probably <laughs> build it faster than anyone else, but because I understand what it takes to, to be focused on something, to improve it, to maintain, and how much better someone else would create a workflow if they are focused on it and if they have multiple users using it. And I'm just one of them benefiting from all of those improvements that they are applying to that specific taskbot. That will never be compared to a taskbot that I just built for myself. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the first point. But the other perspective is, let's say you're an agency who already builds automation workflows like chatbot automations for your clients, which I think is great. And uh, this is also high ticket, low volume business, has many benefits and advantages. But what you could do, you could also add a SaaS product as part of your diversification. 
because with high ticket, low volume, you know, projects, obviously you cannot gain as many clients, right? But if you offer SaaS, you may gain, let's say, hundreds of users who are paying a relatively low price. So, you know, low ticket, high volume business. And uh, those revenues are recurring. And uh, it doesn't mean that you need to switch from one to another. In fact, the SaaS business can be really beneficial because those initial users who subscribe, let's say, for your automation, you may even be able to convert them to your consulting project because you will start building relationships because you can you know, send to them email, newsletters, automations, and whatnot. So you can in- engage with that community of your subscribers. So I think it's a great strategy, even if you, even if, for example, you run an agency or focusing on consulting work, but you have part of your team is tech savvy enough to, let's say, build workflows, or you're already building something like chatbot automations for your clients, then I think it's really worthwhile to consider, can you actually open a new revenue stream for yourself and start building SaaS? You know, maybe not even with zero work, but take some other no-code tool and create a, you know, a front-end application, maybe something like that. So, because I think this is, this is a fantastic opportunity right now for, with the emergence, with no-code tools for agencies to diversify their revenue stream from this kind of consulting work towards recurring SaaS revenues. Oh my goodness, yes. You just described exactly what I've been focused on for at least the past, let's say, eight months. And think about it. So we're recording right now toward the end of 2022. And who knows when you're listening to this. But during this time, there is there is a lot of uncertainty. We've got an election that is happening in the United States. And there are, you know, Elon Musk just took over Twitter. So there's, you know, economy issues and inflation and all these things. There will always be uncertainty in our world. And, you know, there's a difference between a bear market and a bull market. So those kinds of situations, if you set yourself up to be diversified so that when there's a time when consulting and your chatbots or your Facebook ad agency or whatever your, your situation is that needs high touch, high ticket low volume work, then you can flourish in that side, but at the same time, still keep this low ticket, high volume, very specific solution oriented product. And then you can switch to a time when maybe it's more lean and there aren't a lot of people hiring consultants. You have that built so that you can then continue promoting that side. You, you hedge yourself, you protect yourself, and at the same time, you allow yourself to solve problems for people that are key issues that they need solved. And when you solve them this way, they are very, very happy because even though it's a low-ticket solution, it is a problem that they've either had to hire someone to do manually and figure out and takes a long time to accomplish. And when you do that, you automate that. It's like it's like fresh air has just come into the room and they can now breathe and do other things, right? I mean, it really, that diversification, I'm telling you, CEO Mischief Makers, if you are not doing that, you need to do that right now. So thank you. <laughs> I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> I just love this. It is really something that I, I haven't seen the opportunity to, to take advantage of this 
in an easier way. Yes, I could hire. I've talked to many people. I could hire developers and say, I've got this idea for a SaaS and then have them build it and go back and forth. I've worked with people who've done that. Not that it's a bad thing, but it's much more difficult, much more expensive and takes a lot longer. So you've bridged that gap. Like you talked about in the conversation on Wednesday, you saw a need that people weren't able to do this on their own without having that long involved process. So what else do we maybe need to understand in this whole strategy and the tactics to be able to implement that for ourselves? Is there anything else that you can think of? I would say kind of building up on what you just said with, uh, you know, you could have a product idea and then you can hire, let's say, developers to develop it for you. I would say this is, this can be tricky. And the reason is because in the early days of your product, it's very, very changing. In fact, you want to change a lot based on your initial user feedback. And so to be able to have the tools which you can build your product, iterate yourself is really important, or at least for the person who is able to, let's say, apply that product mindset. So let's say maybe there are two partners, like two co-founders, one is more on the on one side, but there is someone who who is actually able to distill user needs into product requirements and be able to build that product. I think it's it's very empowering to be able to do it on your own with a no-code tool instead of working with maybe an outsourcing team that develops for you. I'm sure you've heard so many stories and I myself where this just goes wrong because the outsourcing team is, let's get back to the very initial conversation because the outsourcing team has which mindset? Consulting mindset. They don't have the product mindset. And sure, you can tell them what to do, but it's never going to be 100% how you envision it or how you were able to understand when you were talking to your users how they needed it to be. So that's why it's so cumbersome. And that's why I think no-code tools are just such a great way to be able to build SaaS products for those who are not developers. Yes. So the only thing I would add to that, I agree 100%. Not only that, in that process being so long and having to start with a development team to do it, the speed of change has only gotten faster. And so something you started with eight months ago to build with a particular development team could have morphed and changed so drastically in those eight months, but they're still working on what you originally talked about eight months ago. Mm-hmm. And it, that that speed of development really is also a unique mindset. You know, we've talked about, or we haven't talked about you and I, but we all know about Scrum and all these different types of tools to be able to keep up with that pace. But I think the difference, what you've done is you've brought this ability to create this SaaS product to the masses. So myself, there was a there was a, a post put by one of my friends on social media, and she put in a big workflow and it had all the little blocks. And that is like Disneyland to me, right? <laughs> I love that. I just dive into that and go, this goes here and that goes there. I love it. If you are a person who also loves that and you see some kind of a workflow like that in an image, in a mind map, and you're like, wow, that lights me up. I love that then you need to dive into this because that's exactly what we're talking about. 
the specifics of this are, I'm going to start here, then I'm going to go here, then I'm going to go here, and I'm going to connect these things and, oh, wait a minute, I forgot about this, and I've got to put that into the middle of this step and that kind of process. Now, I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, it's so easy and simple, and you just put up a bunch of blocks and things happen. No, of course not. (laughs) If you're looking for something like that, this is not it. This is a process that if you are dedicated, like Tiana talked about in the last conversation, if you're dedicated to solving a specific problem, you know it inside and out, you've talked to people about it, you understand the process, and you really want to solve it. And then people get excited when you solve it for them, and then you iterate and you figure out other things, or they give you other suggestions. You're like, oh, wow, I didn't think about that. And you put it in, and you actually are dedicated to that process. This is for you because now, the ability to create these kinds of processes, that is in your hands now. And if you are strategic and you think about, wow, okay, I want to diversify my revenue. I want to solve these particular problems. And then you take that strategy and put it into practice with a no-code tool like Zero Work and like Deanna's talked about, there are many others. You can actually take that process and really build a useful automation that serves a very, very difficult process for people and that they will pay you for. And it's not easy, but let me tell you, it is so incredibly rewarding when you can actually take that process, figure it out, have a a very logical mind to it and create it for people to use. The first time someone said, oh my gosh, you're a genius. (laughs) When I had my, (laughs) my, my podcast bot, it's like, oh my gosh, this has saved me like hours of my week. And it has allowed me to increase the number of podcast guests I have so that I'm booked in podcast guests for the next eight months because of this tool. To me, nothing is better to take that Disneyland flow situation and have it actually pay me for serving people. It it just, I I can't even, again, why my mind has been blown. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree so much with that because even some of the creators who publish on our marketplace, I notice again and again, it may be complex or take time, but it's incredibly satisfying to have your own product. It's just not comparable to doing something for the client and giving it to them. It's like creating your own vision on something while working with the users and having the satisfaction that those users, that the life of those users is made better by your product and that they recommend it to other people to subscribe and use. This is, this is incredibly satisfying. I agree 100% with you. Okay, hold on. If your mindset was shifted, you were inspired to innovate and you were spurred into action, don't just move on with your day. Focus, my friend, and take a few minutes to visit ceomischiefmaker.com to learn more about the value that was shared with you today. Please act now and create some CEO mischief of your own.